Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy Friday on Raider Nation Radio is the silver and black. Depart on a road trip to Pittsburgh, one of the great rivalries in NFL history. Yes, period. Raiders at Steelers Sunday, and we'll be hosting the pregame show at M Resort Casino and Spa at 8 in the morning. 8 in the morning, we'll be outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Please come on out and see us there. It's our first road game. We're a great proud partner of M. Obviously, Remy Martin, Modelo, a couple of our other partners will be there. We'll have swag to give away from Remy Martin. We'll have a great time, great place to have breakfast. If you're in town, come on out to M Resort. Spawn Casino will be there Sunday all day from 7 in the morning till after the game, and we do a 90-minute post game after that. And one of the only early games we have this year, there's just a few that start at 8 a.m. So come on out, have breakfast, get there early Take advantages of the resources there at M and have a great day. You can go to the pool. You can watch the game out by the pool and have a great time. That's where I sneak away. I go out to the pool bar when the game starts and watch the game out there. So we love that partnership as we get going. I'm really excited today because we're always brought to you by PTs. I open up every show. PTs, my longest sponsor, 60-plus locations here in the Valley. PTs, 5 to 7, 9 to 2, best happy hour in town and proud partners of our show. But today, we also have some new partners that I'm going to welcome officially. One, I'm really excited about because we're the first ever radio station ever, first sports station to get inside Resorts World. And that's because of my longtime relationship with Scott Sabella, who's in charge, the president, and we're going to be at Doghouse for Monday Night Football. Starting on Monday, I work Monday nights, but I'm going to be there from 4 o'clock to 5.30 on select Monday nights, and Doghouse is one of the coolest all-time places and footprints I've ever seen in Vegas. It's that cool. Their sports book of all of Resorts Worlds, the most expensive casino property in the world, their sports book is inside Doghouse. They have Raider-themed food, drink specials. They have live entertainment. So after Monday Night Football, bands come on. It's phenomenal. I love it, and just I'm just honored to be a part of Resorts World. The newest property, the premier property, the most expensive property, and Doghouse is their sports bar theme concept with live music. It's fantastic. We've been working on this deal for a while. We're able to announce it today. I am honored to represent Resorts World, Doghouse, Monday Night Football, the best of the best of the best, one of the best deals I've ever been involved with in my career doing local radio. So we're there. Monday Night Football, come on out and see me. I'm actually off Monday on Raider Nation Radio because I'm going to emcee Jonathan Ogden and his foundation with his wife, his golf tournament here in town, which I'm really happy to be involved with here in the community. Monday Night Football at Doghouse, my spot going forward. Real easy to get to if you park inside Resorts World at their parking garage. You come right out of the elevators. It's right there. Come to the back entrance, back valet. It's right there. And the place is incredible, absolutely incredible. If you haven't been there yet, you haven't been inside Resorts World, come see me on Monday nights. 
Also, we're proud to announce today our partnership with Charles Woodson. Woodson Whiskey. Uh, Charles and I spoke. We had a great appearance. He came on the pregame show at the Torch, if you were there to see that. Another deal that we're working on, and we got that done before Monday Night Football. Charles Woodson, Woodson Whiskey. Proud partner of our show. I mean, how on am I, am I to represent Charles and his brand here on the radio? So we're going to do a lot with them. You're going to be hearing me talk about Woodson Whiskey, and they're the official whiskey of the show, no better than Charles Woodson. So I'm really excited on a Friday that I can announce that. And, you know, the only reason why we have this radio show is partnerships. Only reason. You can't do radio locally without business relationships. We have the best in the business here because we take care of our partners and they trust us. So please, when we talk about our partners here, uh, please do business with them because they fuel the radio show and give us an opportunity to bring you John Gruden today, head coach of the Raiders, Jim Plunkett at the bottom of the hour, Jim Plunkett brought to us by Modelo. All right, what are we going to do today? Opening up the phones right now on how to win the game. How do you win the game? I'm not into moral moral victories. The Cowboys were into moral victories. The Giants last night lost a heartbreaker. You think it was a heartbreaker to Baltimore? Did you see how the Giants lost to the Washington football team last night and how that fiasco went down, jumped off sides on a game-losing field goal by Washington and the Giants jump off sides and lose the game? And Giant fans are like, hey, J.D., they played pretty good. They should have won the game. I don't want to hear any of that with the Raiders. The Raiders are a heavy underdog at Pittsburgh for a reason. Pittsburgh has been much better than the Raiders for quite some time. The Ben Roethlisberger era, how's that sound? Where the Raiders could have drafted Ben Roethlisberger and they did not. I believe it's one of the biggest draft mistakes in Raider history that Ben Roethlisberger was right there for the Raiders and the Raiders didn't take him. Okay, uh, We're talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Famer. Good coaching staff, really tough team, always a team that plays to the highest standard of excellence, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know the rivalry as good as anybody, Raiders-Steelers and what it means. So everybody's picking the Steelers. They're a six to a six and a half point favorite. That's a big number in the NFL. But remember, Baltimore was a four point road favorite in the grand opening with fans at Allegiant Stadium. Complete disrespect for the Raiders. Raiders won that game outright, and it turned out to be an instant classic. Now on a short week, and we'll talk to Coach Gruden about this coming up next, on a short week, Raiders have to travel to Pittsburgh, and they have to play a 10 a.m. body clock game in Pittsburgh, which is Pittsburgh's home opener. I believe this to be a fact. The Raiders get screwed most all the time when it comes to scheduling. Do you remember the Winnipeg game, the preseason on the road? You remember how the Raiders come out and for whatever reason their schedule's harder than Tom Brady, Tom Brady's entire career? I'm not making excuses. It's fact, not fiction. The league screws the Raiders, and they screwed them here. They had the Raiders open up with two powerful AFC North teams, and they got the second team, Pittsburgh, on the road on a short week. Really? Why couldn't they play Baltimore at home on Monday and then maybe Denver at home on Sunday? Or the Dolphins at home? Why'd they give them Pittsburgh out there week two? Because they did. And the Raiders have to deal with that now. So on top of that, the Raiders are really injured and banged up. 
How do I know to be that? Pittsburgh's injury report is clean. The Raiders are loaded with 11 or 12 guys, some guys who are gone for the year, other guys who are banged up, other guys who are going to be a game-time decision. How the hell did this happen? This team was bubble-wrapped in the entire offseason. Bubble-wrapped, put around him. Bubble-wrapped, put around him. I said Josh Jacobs has been walking around Vegas with bubble wrap around him, and now he's got a toe injury? How in God's name is Marcus Mariota not at 100% football injury on one play? And Josh Jacobs isn't as 100%. Say goodbye to Denzel Good for the year. Richie Incognito hasn't been available for quite some time. And then Yannick Ngakwe's got a hamstring. And then we look at the situation where Gerald McCoy is gone for the year. Wow. Pretty interesting. The team did everything right this offseason. They worked out. They trained. They were in shape. They had unbelievable attendance. They are 100% vaccinated. 100% vaccinated, big deal, total buy-in, total commitment to excellence, and they're a mass unit again. Why is this team injured so often? I'll talk about that John Gruden coming up. Why? It's flukes. Gerald McCoy was in great shape, came back, knew he was going to play. He has a devastating injury. He's gone. Marcus Mariota runs one play. He gets hurt. He's not faking it. He's hurt. Josh Jacobs got a toe unbelievable, and then Richie Incognito, as I mentioned, who is so needed to play football for this team, just can't be available. So that's where the Raiders are. You wonder why they're a a six-and-a-half-point underdog? I just gave you seven minutes on why. They're always hurt. Tom Cable must get up every bleeping morning, talk, say goodbye to his wife, go into the facility and say, who's here? I'm Tom Cable. I've been the offensive line coach for years now. I never have a unit together. Never. Trent Brown, last year, Gabe, whoever it is, they're never available as a unit. And Tom Cable goes, next man up. Next guy, get in there. Get in there. We need you to play. That's where we're at again. So the Raiders are heavy underdogs at Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's healthy. Pittsburgh's got a great pass rush. Pittsburgh has a Hall of Fame quarterback and a really good coach in Mike Tomlin, and a team that's always prepared. Any questions? That's why the Raiders are an underdog. So I'd like to spend the next two hours on how the Raiders win the game. How do they win the game specifically? And here's what I've come up with. Number one, they have to shorten the game. They have to get the game to halftime with a manageable score. They cannot be down big in this game or they're dead. If they're down 10, 14 points with T.J. Watt just teeing off because the Raiders can't run the ball, this game's going to get ugly and it could get very ugly. So just shorten the game. Get to halftime. Up three, down three, tied. And then John Gruden and his staff can put together an unbelievable second half. That's number one. Number two, special teams which was very solid in the game against Baltimore, has to be electric in this game. Cole has to punt Coffin's corner out of bounds. He was able to punt to the corners, which I liked. He's got a big leg. And then Carlson could be the best kicker in the league. You can't say that now with Justin Tucker and some of the other kickers out there, but he is emerging as an elite kicker. He's got to kick four field goals. See Washington last night, four field goals. They won the game 30-29. to We need four from Carlson. We need to get the ball. Raiders need to get the ball to the 30-yard line and at least get three. I think the only way they're going to win this game is field goals. At some point, they have got to make and they have to attempt several field goals. The other key is very important. Pittsburgh's offensive line is new. 
just as banged up as the Raiders with a bunch of rookies and guys that have bad chemistry. They didn't play well even at Buffalo and won the game. Buffalo just melted down. But the weakness of the Steelers is their offensive line. And Ben Roethlisberger is not very confident with this offensive line, so he's been dinking and dunking and getting the ball out very quickly. So he's very nervous that he's going to get hit because he doesn't have the arm. You know, I heard a couple of people compare him to Peyton Manning at the end. Remember Manning at the end of his career came off that neck surgery, and he won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't able to throw the ball really deep. Ben Roethlisberger is better than Peyton Manning coming off an injury. Ben, Ben's able to stand there like an oak tree and throw deep downfield, but with this offensive line, he can't move as much. So another key point here is against Lamar Jackson, the Raiders wanted to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. And then when the pocket broke down, Mac, Mad Max Crosby, Carl Nassib, they hit him hard. Ball came out. I, I love the physicality of that. Roethlisberger, you want Roethlisberger on the run. You want him moving outside to his left or right. And the way that's going to have to happen is the interior. The interior is going to have to do a great job, the defensive tackles, at pushing Big Ben to the outside. Here's another thing I think is really important in my notes here as we open up the show, notes in my head. you, you got to have – someone's got to have a great game, and I'd love a phone call on this. Who's going to be the MVP of this game? The last game, it was easy. It was Max Crosby. He was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. What a high honor. So he got that award last week. Maybe he can do it again. I believe this game is going to come down to Trayvon Mullen, Casey Hayward, maybe maybe Trevor Merrig, and Jonathan Abram. One of those guys or two of those guys got to pick the ball off. As Chris in West Oakland always calls in, when the ball hits you in the hands, you must intercept it. They, we got to get one of these guys to intercept the football at midfield and set up Derek Carr. And for Derek, you know, I'll wrap this up before we get out to your calls. For Derek, I just think that Derek's got to manage this game and not turn the ball over. He cannot turn the ball over at all. Derek has got to hold on to the ball because T.J. Watt is coming And what T.J. Watt does better than his brother is that when T.J. Watt gets to the quarterback, he doesn't care about the sack. He cares about the strip sack. His hand goes violently on the football as he's tackling you to the ground and the ball pops out. Derek knows this. Derek's got to protect the football. I think you're going to see one or two times in this game where the pocket collapses and Derek just goes down. Derek doesn't risk trying to avoid the sack. He just goes down. Take the sack. Take the sack, Derek. Throw it away if you can. Take the sack. Don't do anything crazy. I don't know what to expect from the running game. I have no idea. No idea what to expect from the running game because Josh Jacobs isn't 100% healthy. Kenyon Drake, he's a guy that I expect him to catch the ball out of the backfield. So that's where the show opens up. I got John Gruden and Jim Plunkett, and I have no one on hold who wants to match my energy. Shocking here. Again, I think I'm too loud. I'm too intense. I'm too focused on winning. Get me someone in here who's going to predict this victory. Get me someone in here who's going to match my energy. Get me someone in here who isn't into game shows and trivias and getting a free T-shirt and wants to talk football today. 702-365-9200. Give me the one key to the victory. I gave you five. Give me one. Who's the player that steps up big? A lot of people in the league think this is a throwaway game. What that means is Raiders go one and one. 
They come home, everybody's happy, we get up for the Dolphin game. I'm not that, never been that guy. When you got a chance to win a football game, you got to win it. In order for the Raiders to win this game, they're going to have to do multiple things right. The Raiders have to be concerned about getting beat badly in this game. The Raiders have to be concerned about coming out of this game banged up. The Raiders have a lot of concerns in this game, but they're better coached with Gus Bradley. And Gus Bradley is going to have that cover three where Ben hopefully doesn't have the ability to throw deep downfield to some of these wide receivers for Pittsburgh where if they don't get hit at the line of scrimmage and they get a big head start and Ben gets a little bit time in that pocket, he is going to launch some bombs deep downfield. And again, I don't have a lot of confidence with John Abram yet when it comes to the passing game deep. He hasn't shown me anything yet for me to believe that he can handle that. And Merrig, I think, is really good at it. And I think Merrig could find a way to knock a couple of balls down and make some plays deep downfield and do some things special. Pittsburgh is going to break out Najee Harris in the first game. He struggled, 2.8 yards a carry. But he went up against Buffalo, one of the superior defenses. Najee Harris had 16 carries for 45 yards. Uh, The receivers are pretty good. They have Eric Ebram, who only had one reception in the last game. Juju Smith-Schuster had four receptions for 52 yards, and Chase Claypool had three for 45. I think that Ben and Mike Tomlin and the entire team want to get Juju going and Claypool going. So one one of these guys or both of these guys are going to look for a big day downfield. And I think the Raiders, with that scheme that they have, are going to have the ability to make plays downfield. Am I expecting them to win this game? No, I'm, I'm rooting for the Raiders to win like I do every game. I think they can win. I'm not expecting them to go 2-0 against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm hoping that they do. I'm hoping that they do. They need to play an exceptional clean game in this game. Last night was a nasty game between the Giants and Washington. Both teams had all these penalties, stupid penalties, dumb penalties, wild game. We need the Raiders to play a really clean game. Because Pittsburgh was trailing Buffalo 10-0 at the half. They were awful in the first half of that game. The Raiders weren't very good in the first half of Monday Night Football, and the Raiders won. What a comeback for Pittsburgh and Buffalo. They held Buffalo to six points total in the second half, and they were able to outscore them 23-6 in the second half. That, to me, is halftime adjustments. Mike Tomlin did a beautiful job with his halftime adjustments. Raider Jay in the Bay Area. Start us off on the flagship. What's happening? What's happening, JT? Well, I called the 33-31 game. I got the 33 right. And, man, I had about three heart attacks. It's just like Gruden, like a cat dying and coming back to life. It's a great, great start to start off the season. Wish I could have been there. I got a stupid Aaron when I was going to see my mom up in Wisconsin and I couldn't get back on a plane, but I'll be there for the Miami Dolphin game, brother. And I'm ready to drink a Modelo and a Remy Martin with you. We've never crossed paths. I've been going to the Coliseum since I can't remember, since I was born in 1972. The, the keys was knocking Lamar, which I called that, and we got mm-hmm. the two fumbles. We got to do the same thing yeah. to Big Ben. We got to harass him, harass him, harass him, make him uncomfortable, get him off his spot. Najee Harris, I think, will have a better game than he did last week. But the way our defense looks, it's just eons 
from what happened. It could go nowhere, but that was the worst Raider defense in the history of the franchise. We had nowhere but to go up. And I think that's going to happen. I don't expect them to win this game either, JT. But you know what? The way they played Monday night, when the schedule came out, they screwed us. Play on Monday night, and then we got to travel all the way back east. That's a recipe for disaster. But if they come out and, like you said, play a clean game, I believe they can win this game. And I'm going to call yeah. it again, 31 to 30. All right. That's a tough one. That's a, that's a really tight game. And if they're able to do that, that would be great. Again, I think the Raiders are just as good as Pittsburgh when healthy. They're not healthy. That's all I'm saying. I think the Raiders can win the game. Anybody can win any game. The Raiders aren't a 12-point underdog here. We got some double-digit underdogs this weekend in the NFL. The Raiders are more than capable of winning this game. I am just pissed off, and I am shocked that they're this injured. I can't believe they're this injured week two with some critical players after Gruden did everything right to prepare this team and keep them healthy. I mean, these guys got to be healthy. You got to get out of the training room in the tub. You got to be available for Mayock and Gruden. These aren't bad guys. I'm not ripping them for that. I'm just saying it's very unfortunate that the Raiders had an off-season conditioning program and did everything perfectly right and then bubble-wrapped the preseason and didn't play, and now they come out of week one and they got a ton of injuries. They don't have a few injuries. They got a lot of injuries. So the players who are healthy, fortunately on the defense, K.J. Wright, Littleton, Merrick, Abram, let's keep going, Hayward, Mullen, Mad Max, Clee Farrell, go down the list of every Hankins, everybody who's healthy, they got to play great. They have to pick up their teammates here and play an exceptional game of football. They have to. It's very important in this game. And then they'll get healthier and healthier, we hope again. Ray in the Central Valley on the Raiders mobile app. Hello, Ray. Good afternoon, JT. Uh, much respect to you and to Raider Nation. And uh, great, great job you guys are doing there today, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate Down it. Down there in Vegas. Um, I'm with you, JT. Defensive backfield, linebackers, show up. Show up. Because J, uh, uh, the, um, ben, Big Ben's going to be doing dinking and dunking, dinking and dunking all day. So that line, at max, you're going to be on them. And you're right. Derek Carr is going to get hit, but he has to be smart with the ball. He has to be smart with the ball. And you got Kenyon Drake for a reason. We're paying him that money for a reason. Because you know mm-hmm. what? This game, he's going to be the MVP of the offense. Guarantee you. I'm out. Have a great weekend. Win Raiders, baby. Let's go, Vegas. Let's yeah. go, Raiders. Big one. Big game. Great opportunity to go 2-0. and Opportunity to go 2-0 and where there's a lot of chaos. I mean, you, you won't believe the headlines in the NFL today. When I got up to today and I'm looking at this, these are just ESPN's headlines. Packers to place outside linebacker Smith on IR with back issues. Cowboys O-line hospitalized, player hospitalized out Sunday. Vikings Griffin in protocol after a deer causes a wreck. Dolphins Fuller out versus Bills with personal issue. Saints to spend week three in Dallas, then go home. Holy cow. I mean, the NFL's in chaos. Uh, Chaos all around the league. Everybody's got problems. The Raiders have problems too. Their problems are early injuries that are making the O-line not at 100%. And we got to get them back to 100%. Ricky in Southern California. Thanks for listening, Ricky. Go ahead. Rocky, go ahead. There you go. Hey, uh, how's it going, JT? Good, thanks. I just wanted to shout out that uh, the sounds of the game for week one, that was probably one of the best ones we've ever seen. 
starting off with you on the radio. I think they got Chris from West Oakland on there. And, I mean, that was crazy. It got me fired up for this weekend. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is I feel like the last, you know, five, ten years, we've kind of had the Steelers number. I know a caller a couple of days ago said that Big Ben hasn't won in Oakland, and or he never won in Oakland. I know we're playing over there on the road, but the last couple of years, Gruden's had us playing better in that early time zone. Hmm. So I'm looking for the D-line again. Mad Max, hopefully, in Gawkway is ready to go, and the D-line can really disrupt this game. And it's a big chance for Carr, too, to show that he can compete with a top-tier quarterback and get a big win on the road. Yeah, I think he can compete. Appreciate the call. He's been able to compete in the past here. But uh, we should have an update uh, from what I'm seeing uh, through a couple of reports here. We should have an update coming up on Josh Jacobs. We'll tell you about that on the other side. 702-365-9200 as we continue here. And we'll talk about this team. This is a gut check game. This is a gut check game. I, I just wish this team was a little bit more healthy, but they have more depth. They have more depth than they had at this time last year, and that could save them. That could save them in a game like this. That could save them in a game like this. So we'll see how it plays out. And Tashawn Reed, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, who's very good, just tweeted out, Raiders coach John Gruden said, Yannick Ngakwe will play Sunday. Josh Jacobs, however, will not. Josh Jacobs out for the Raiders on Sunday. Week two of the NFL season. Incredible. 702-365-9200. Next man up should be the T-shirt. One of the great next men up in the history of the Raiders, Jim Plunkett, joins us exclusively every Friday on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Modelo, where I know my guy Steve Gomez. He's going to have my new bucket for my bucket of Modelo's because... I'm a late arrival to Life is Beautiful, and I have to get in the pool after the show and and drink my bucket of Modelo's. That's how I reward myself with the fighting spirit on Friday. Well, I think, you know, like that fourth and one, we just had a, we had a bus there, you know, and it was a big play. You know, we have to eliminate those self-inflicted wounds. And I think when you do that as a defense, you have a chance to, you know, even raise the bar even more. So, like, just like that play, we had a couple of those, I think, that keeps us from, you know, I think everybody understands that they watch the tape that we still have a ways to go. Gus Bradley coming off the win and how they get ready for Pittsburgh. JT, brought to you by Modelo, delivering a crisp, refreshing taste, brewed with the fighting spirit since 1925, and we welcome in the great Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Heisman Trophy winner. Jim, walk me through your emotions of Monday night and what that experience was like at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, it's one of the more exciting games I've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, falling behind 14-0 early in the first quarter. Coming back, uh, big play after big play, both offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, it was really something to behold. I, you know, I thought they, you know, I, as I said, they got up to a little bit of a slow start, but uh, they came firing back on all cylinders. But, uh, and they, you know, and I thought the offense did a tremendous job of moving the football against a very, very good defense. Absolutely. Hey, Jim, I wanted to ask you, there was criticism early in the game from the broadcast and even fans saying that Derek was too locked into Waller. I think that's a good problem to have. The year he had last year with Waller, 
He went to him early and often until he could get in a rhythm with him. A lot of the other receivers weren't active early. What is that like when you're trying to target a guy a bunch early on and you're just not clicking? Well, you know, you you, you don't give up. You keep at it and, and, and until it becomes, you know, a problem that, you know, you're, you're just not going to get that part of the game plan turned around. Uh, but normally, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a few misses every now and then, and but you keep going to the guy who's going to make the big plays for you. And eventually uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, you, you don't give up on a guy because you can't get on the ball. You know, he's going to be double covered, inside out, um, uh, over the top. Uh, you know, all those things that try and slow uh, Waller down. But, they, you know, eventually, you know, he became open. They put him in situations where he was man-on-man. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did what he does. He catches the ball and, and gets yards after the catch. Jim, your chemistry with Todd Christensen was absolutely brilliant and the numbers and the catches he had at the top of his career. When you're locked in with a player like that, what do you tell the other receivers on the sideline when they want the ball but you're just locked in with a certain player? How do you say, hey, I'll get around to you, just follow the game plan? Well, you know, eventually your opportunity is going to come. There's no question about it. You know, you go to the guy who's hot if you can. And, you know, the tight end is closer to you. You know, he's, uh, he's not wide out. Uh, he's not as spread out as the wideouts are. Uh, so, you know, the throw to a tight end usually is, is closer and easier to get to. Um, but, you know, you know, the guy starts catching a few balls like Waller did. It opens up mm-hmm. the opportunity for the other guys because now they're going to double cover him. Like, um, they're going to inside out him on the defense. And uh, then the, uh, the opportunity for those other guys, the wide receivers and, and other uh, tight ends, uh, is going to open up. And that's exactly what happened during the course of the ball game. Jim Plunkett is our guest. Uh, Jim, now we move on. Well, one more thing about the game that I thought was so important. When Derek set up the game-tying field goal to Carlson with 37 seconds to go, that's close to his defining moment here considering the magnitude of that game, first game ever with fans in Vegas. And both of those receptions went to Edwards, which was great as he clocked the ball and set up Carlson. It wasn't Wilder. It wasn't Ruggs. And just goes to show you that Derek went to the open receiver who was ready to make some big plays. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, sometimes the other guys get overlooked because they haven't been thrown to during the course of a ball game. And, they, you know, everybody's kind of having their eye, even though they're supposed to guard somebody else, they have their eye open for Waller maybe in, in his area. And all of a sudden, that gives the opportunity for the other receivers to, to make the big play, to make the catches that's going to help you win the football game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Jim, now we move on to Pittsburgh where the Raiders are banged up. Jacob's injury. Obviously, they lose an offensive lineman, Denzel Good for the year, along with Gerald McCoy. This is a banged-up team again. I mean, I can't believe the injuries just after one game, and now they go on the road to a very hostile environment. It's the Steelers' home opener. Uh, there's no question about it. it's going to be a hostile environment. Uh, and Pittsburgh, you know, is year after year, they're a very, very good football team. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to – and once again, they're facing a very good, solid defensive ball club. So they're going to, they're going to have to make some adjustments. Uh, hopefully somebody can step in and fill those, those injury-riddled uh, uh, areas uh, in, in the backfield and on the line. And, you know, I, you know I'm pretty confident they're going to get the job done. Hey, Jim, before you got to the Raiders, the Raiders had an unbelievable rivalry already with the Steelers. The Immaculate Reception, those AFC Championship games, Snake, Shell and Upshaw, and players that you ended up playing with. What was it like for you right when you got to the Raiders and you jumped into that Steelers rivalry? Uh, yeah, it was a very exciting time you know, for me. You know, I, when I was playing with New England, 
in San Francisco, you know, I've very struggled against the Raiders. Uh, I mean, against the uh, Steelers, let me tell you. Had a tough time. Uh, they kind of took it to me. And it was a great opportunity to get back at them. And, <laughs> and uh, we certainly did. That uh, high-scoring game we had on Monday night was just, you know, uh, a game of the ages uh, for us uh, to, to knock off the defending uh, Super Bowl champions. Hey, Jim, as we wrap this up, we're all of us, we're all in the same boat. We're getting to know this stadium more and more on the fly. I mean, you've been on tours. You've been a part of some private events there. Now with fans there, when you think of how loud it was, what jumped out at you compared to the games with no fans, the preseason game that had some, but it was preseason, and what happened on Monday night? Well, it's day and night. You know, when you have fans uh, pulling for you uh, on every down, uh, after every big play, both offensively and defensively, and include special teams in that, uh, you know, you get a, a great sense of uh, what that rivalry, number one, is like. And number two is uh, it energizes you as an offensive and defensive unit. They, you know, they go out there, they're fired up, they can hear their crowd backing them. Uh, and it's a wonderful feeling, you know. You, uh, when things go well and, and that that crowd is behind you 100%, and, uh, you know, you just feel good about yourself and about the situation you're in and the other team, you know, Sometimes they can't hear the play calls because the crowd is so loud uh, when they have the ball. So, you know, all in all, you know, it's just a great feeling, that, and it's great to have the kinds of fans that the Raiders certainly do. How are you feeling about that Stanford win? Your Cardinal over USC caused a lot of chaos down south, Jim. Yeah, I did. It's always good to beat SC. Uh, they, you know, they've been one of the top uh, uh, teams in the, in the Pac-10 com- uh, conference uh, for a long time, off and on. Especially when I when I was in in school, and uh, you know, more power to Stanford. Uh, you know, they face a lot of adversity. Uh, tough to get a lot of players that they want to get into the school, but when mm-hmm. they do get them in, you know, they're quality players, and they did a great, outstanding job in, in knocking off SC and and causing them to to fire their coach. Thank you, Jim. We'll see you for the Dolphins games. Always appreciate talking to you on Friday. Have a great weekend. Uh, Looking forward to it. Thanks, JT. Bye. You got it. Jim Plunkett. What an honor. Brought to you by Modelo. The Black Hole, Modelo, my whole crew of the Black Hole. We're thinking about Black Hole Rob. We're praying for Black Hole Rob, the founder of the Black Hole. Every day I'm saying prayers for Black Hole Rob as he's going through his big, big fight. And my crew of guys, the Black Hole, Steve, Cisco, everyone, They have ice-cold Modellos ready for Jim Plunkett. Let's keep it going. Chris Matthews is going to join us from 8 News Now. I call him the gold standard in Vegas. He will join us coming up next. John Gruden at the top of the hour and an update on the injuries. I interviewed John Gruden yesterday. That's for the TV show Silver and Black. We play it here every Friday. That's the John Gruden radio show, which we're excited about. And we'll get more and more into this game and what this game means and how important it is going forward for the Raiders. Neff in San Jose, thanks for waiting. You're up next. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, JC? Thanks for having me on. Um, Thank you. I'm just with you. I'm right there with you with your energy, man. The Raiders need to come and bring it. We're banged up on all sides, but you're right. Most side, on the on the defensive side of the ball, we got more stronger players. So defensive line needs to get at it. Our linebackers need to be disciplined. Do not fall for none of those little Texas routes. You know, when the, when the running back goes out to the flat, cuts in over the middle, third and long, always gets the safety. We need at least two picks. We need to get a pick. We need to get turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And you know what? Field goals just might win the game. But as the late great Al Davis said, just win it, baby. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think they're going to see an interception. I think that Merrick or Abram or someone's going to get a deep ball. 
you know, one of those balls that are thrown up, you know, 50-50 ball, and I hope the Raiders are able to get it. But I, re- I really believe that the advantage in this game could be Carlson and the field goals. I don't know what the score is going to be, everybody. I don't. I, I'm not in that prediction business. I don't gamble. I don't sit here and tell you about – I tell you the point spread because we're here in Vegas. I don't know if the Raiders are going to win this game 39-37 or 21-20. But I'm, I'm having a feeling that this is going to be a battle. It's going to be very physical, and it could be a low-scoring game. And, you know, a lot of the guys I talk to off the air want to see a shootout. They want to see Carr in a shootout because Carr's really good at that. Look what he did in the second half. Look what he did in the second half of that game. Well, if you open it up, but I don't know if you can open it up against the Steelers with this brand-new offensive line and injuries. I don't think Derek's going to have a lot of time. I think the ball's going to come out quick. T.J. Watt and those guys, Cam Hayward, they're going to put their hands up. They're going to try to knock down balls. So, look, if it's third and four and you can't run it, just run a little five five-step in route to Hunter Renfro. Throw it low to the ground. Let Renfro go down to the ground and move the chains. Get another fresh set of downs. I think that Ruggs is going to get the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to throw these short passes to Ruggs. If he could break a tackle, he could go, you know, for a big gain. But you've got to make sure he holds on to the ball. And the Raiders did a great job looking at the film. The Raiders did an amazing job at gang tackling. Man, what a difference with Gus Bradley here on how everybody on the Raiders, when a, the ball came out from Lamar, when he threw a short route, a sideline route, you know, everybody in the Raiders, linebacking team and secondary, put their heel into the ground and took off to the ball. So there weren't a lot of big broken plays. You can't have broken plays. Lamar Jackson was nerve-wracking because he could take it off and run anywhere. Ben's not going to do that. Ben wants to let Claypool and Juju get open long. They don't have Antonio Brown anymore. Antonio Brown was a beast with that team. He, he's good for 11 receptions. They don't have that. And it's amazing that Pittsburgh won that game because Pittsburgh did not play very well in that game, but they dominated the second half. Raider Dave in San Francisco on the Raiders mobile app. Thank you. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking the call. Man, that was a beautiful game. Fought through it. Roller coaster, as, as Carr alluded to. And, uh, man, I was right there, and I was praying and lighting candles and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and it worked. So that's all we care about. But I think uh, keys to this next uh, battle is going to be uh, keeping Ben hemmed in, making sure that uh, that they cinch that close, that pocket has to squeeze in on him. And then if you can't get there, stick those paws up. So all those linemen better wrap their hands up <laughs> like uh, Charles Filiaw did back in the day and uh, get that big paw up there and smack that thing back in uh, Big Ben's face, man. Um, so, you know, the defense has got to bring that. they got to bring the energy. Mm-hmm. they got to continue to swarm like you're talking about. That's the key. And then Derek's got to know when to touch it in and when to gun it in, right? Yep. So he can't be flinging that thing like he did to Sneed at 100 miles an hour and making it ricochet and get some uh, – Right. crazy ghost of a chance luck happening, right? That doesn't cut it. You only get so many times that the basketball – or that the basket that the football gods smile on you, right? Yeah, and, they smiled uh, on him. And they sure did smile on us, JT. So Thank it was a you. beautiful thing, and um, we're going to win. We're going to win. It's going to be a Appreciate tough one, but we're going to go out there. And the thing I think, JT, that's got mm-hmm. us on a good run is the fact that we've been practicing way earlier now, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So the body clocks are adjusted a little bit better than they were than when we were over here at Oakland, man. So let's go Raiders, and I'll be there to see you some point, JT. Thank you. Appreciate it. Look, find us at the Torch for the pregame show or at the M when they're on the road for pregame. The show's brought to you by Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys who care about their clients getting better settlements, period. They're the best. You get two for one, Sam and Ashley. They're available to answer your questions 24-7. So if you get in an accident, call Sam and Ash, the ones I trust, 702-820-1234, or go to SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Chris Matthews, 8 News Now, next. Well, it's huge, and also for those guys to play together. Again, we, you know, it was by design. We wanted our players to be fresh, and I mean, we felt like our players were playing fast on Monday night. We felt like we were the faster team, and we liked our tempo, but it was also their first time playing together, and that's, that's probably more important than anything is to have those five guys up front playing together. Well, then you have an, an in-game injury, so you're adapting there. But, um, you know, the way that uh, – the way that we practice and the way that uh, we substitute and that Tom works with those guys working at different positions, it really prepares them for those situations when someone goes down. So, But the more they play together, then certainly the, the more continuity we should have. That's Greg Olson, offensive coordinator, making a really good point about the speed of this team and keeping them fresh in the offseason. And they did play fast in that game. Execution was an issue early, but they executed when they had to. Chris Matthews joins us from 8 News Now the gold standard here in town, the Emmy Award-winning sports director. And, Chris, what was it like after the game for you? All the big events you've covered, the chaos of Monday night football and that wild finish. Walk me through what happened after the game. <laughs> well, JT, you, you mentioned it right there. I mean, of all the big events that have happened here in Las Vegas, this is right at the top. When you anticipated this for how many years, what, five years, that the Raiders are coming, they build the stadium the pandemic hit, no fans last year, and then finally to have a packed house. And, and by the way, the largest uh, football crowd in the state of Nevada to ever watch uh, a game, uh, that was pretty big. And then just the, just how loud it got and, and the, the silver and black. We were doing live shots from uh, 3 o'clock. Well, we actually did a noon. We were doing live shots from noon to the start of the game and outside even after the game began and just to see all the silver and black. And I've always been a big uh, – proponent of the the carnival atmosphere i love raider nation i love the carnival i love the costumes i love the just the whole atmosphere that raider nation brings so i'm I, i'm big into all that stuff so i love seeing all the the people painted up and and the different things outside and inside and so for me it was just a glorious time because to see that come to fruition after the years and really from the time that mark davis and david beckham stepped on the unlb campus in that fulton uh, auditorium and said hey if you build a stadium i'll bring it i promise that and everybody was kind of skeptical yeah does he keep his word is mark davis going to keep his word well he sure kept his word and it was just what a fabulous a marvelous night one that whoever was there and and, and in particular the way it ended whoever was there will never ever ever forget that night it was it was fun in fact i was just talking to a guy who was uh, drove down from Wyoming, a big Raiders fan. He didn't ha he didn't see the game for whatever reason. Maybe I don't mm -hmm. know if he's fishing, hunting, whatever, but he didn't see it. And as I'm explaining how this game unfolded, how they fell behind early, how they had to come back, and Derek Carr brought him back, and the Ravens kick a field goal. It looks like it might be over, but the uh, 
the, the Raiders come back and tie it up and they win the toss and they thought everybody had scored. Uh, the, both teams are cel- or, uh, the Raiders are celebrating. The Ravens are walking off thinking they lost. No, it's down at the one. And I explained that how all that thing unfolded and his eyes just kept getting bigger and his big smile. It was, it was a terrific, terrific opening night here in Las Vegas. It was a memorable night. I'm happy we were there together. It was that great of a night. Wow, a David Beckham name drop there from you. That, that is knowledge there. we got to put that into the vault uh, on, your, on your Sunday show. Hey, Chris, Ian Rappaport just reported this a minute ago, one minute ago. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, who didn't practice this week because of toe and ankle injuries, is ruled out versus the Steelers' Kenyon Drake. His next man up. Look, Denzel Good gone for the season along with Gerald McCoy. Yannick Ngakwe will try to give it a go with a hamstring. Injuries are severe early. Raiders are banged up, and it's only week two. I know. That's a tough thing. You look down through that Raiders injury list, and you see, you all, well, you have 18 guys on that list. It's just a huge list for week after week one. And then, yeah, just like you say, Josh Jacobs is going to be out, not going to play Sunday. So you turn to Kenyon Drake. And how many people were criticizing uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock when they decided to pay the money to Kenyon Drake, and now how valuable is that decision to have Kenyon Drake there, and then you know, backing him up, or perhaps leave and see, you know, maybe split equally. I don't know, but then you got Peyton Barber there, so to have to have the foresight, hey, possibly we might need a a, a pretty decent player behind Josh Jacobs. Well, here it is in week two, and you already need that guy, and a guy who can catch out of the backfield. Uh, I don't remember. I think he had six touches or whatever mm. Kenyon Drake did against the Ravens, but. Yeah, so you got Kenyon Drake there now and Peyton Barber who are going to carry the load. The running attack is going to be a little bit different. But I, but how smart was that now to, to get that move, to pay a little bit extra maybe that some people criticize? And here we are in week two already, and you need those guys. Chris Matthews is our guest. Chris, just one more thing. We spent a lot of time this week. Phil, Phil, uh, Phil Villapiano has been on every show. We just had Jim Plunkett, John Gruden at the top of the hour. Everybody's talking about the rivalry. It goes back to the Immaculate Reception. It goes back to the 70s. And what diehard Raider fans understand is whoever won that Steelers-Raider game most likely won the Super Bowl because those teams dominated and went on and win, won the Super Bowl. We're talking about the Raiders could have had eight Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, if that game, the Immaculate Reception, the Dolphins, all those games that came down deep into the playoffs or even early in the playoffs that the Raiders lost could have been Super Bowl victories. They're not in the same division. They're in the same conference, the AFC. Man, what a rivalry. It's one of the best in all of sports, let alone football. And you mentioned it is. Actually, you go, you go way back to the 70s with that Immaculate Reception and all the great games that have been played since then. And, you know, we asked uh, Derek Carr in the press conference a few days ago just a few of his thoughts and memories, and he was just proud to be part, a little part, of that great rivalry and all those terrific games. And you think the last time they played there, I believe, was in 2015, and Antonio Brown goes off for nearly 300 yards, and how things change over the course of years. And when you don't meet a team for six years, now you're back at Heinz Field ready for the big game. And that's just a terrific, terrific rivalry. You know, it's going to be big, their first home game. And, in Pittsburgh there and we have you know we have a crew Kevin e. Martin is in uh, Pittsburgh so we're excited about that and let me quickly plug our, our Raiders pregame live mm-hmm. show coming up on Sunday morning because we're pretty excited because we got Donald Penn's going to come in talk about the game nice. he's going to be our special guest so the Utah State Aggie former Raider uh, he's going to come in and talk a little about some of the uh, the memories he has between the Steelers and the uh, and the and the and the Raiders and just his time with the in the silver and black so we're excited about that and 
and just to have this season going is so much fun. And, and like you were saying, JT, for it is being the second game of the season, such a big, huge rivalry game, big band. Um, in fact, I think he, I think he hurt his ankle the last time the Raiders played there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he was carried off, but, uh, a future hall of famer is going to be slinging it around. You got Derek Carr with a ton of confidence that second half, he just exploded. So it's going to be, it's, I'm excited. 10 a.m. start, but you can't be that. You wake up, you turn the game on, and you're thrilled for the next three hours, hopefully. Thank you, Chris. A big weekend here in Vegas. We'll be watching, and thanks for coming on every other Friday. You make a make the show exciting heading into the weekend. You got your hair cut, you're looking good, and you found time for me. Thank you, Chris. All right, thanks, JT. Have a good day. You got it. Chris Matthews, he's so good. Just great to have him. Raider injury report is out. Richie Incognito, out. Josh Jacobs, out. Nick Witkowski, concussion, out. Uh, Marcus Mariota, out. And Roderick uh, Teamer, out. And then you you look down on this with the Steelers. The Steelers look pretty good. They got a clean, clean, clean injury report other than defensive tackle Carlos Davis, who was out. They've got a couple of guys that are limited coming into this game, but Devin Bush, the linebacker, who's got a groin, he was limited on Friday. He's questionable for the game. So Richie Incognito's not available. Either is Josh Jacobs. And you, you see the, the Raider players that are, that are gone for the year. It's tough. Raiders are going to have to suck it up. The depth is really important. You can thank Mike Mayock for that. Mike Mayock deserves credit for adding depth to this roster, especially late in the season with K.J. Wright and Denzel Perryman. John Gruden at the top of the hour, the head coach of the Silver and Black, joins us next Friday as the Raiders roll out to Pittsburgh.